I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Shit Show. Welcome to the world of the media. Kia ora everyone. Kia ora. This is another episode of Let's Get Political. Yes, and today we are talking about the end of life choice referendum, which we are all going to be voting for in the New Zealand election. We sure are. A bunch of you guys asked us to talk about this, especially after hearing our chat with Chloe Swarbrick on the cannabis referendum, which is the other one we're going to be voting on, isn't it, Robes? It sure is. So here we are trying to break it down a little bit for you guys. So here's the story, folks. So what is the end of life choice? So as you may or may not know, Saturday, the 17th of October, we have the New Zealand election. And when you cast your vote, you're going to have the choice to vote on two referendums, as we just said. Both of these, you're going to do a simple yes or no. Okay. In simple terms, the end of life choice is the act that gives people with a terminal illness the option of requesting assisted dying. So this is a binding referendum, which means that if over 50% of Kiwi voters vote yes on the day, the bill will come into effect. This is unlike the cannabis referendum, which is indicative, which means that it will still have to be passed through government even if it gets 50% of the vote. So the end-of-life choice bill, if passed, this will come into effect 12 months after the vote has been taken. So, Luce, do you want to take us through who can actually qualify for assisted dying? Yes. So there are tough restrictions on who actually qualifies, so there should be with a choice like this. To be able to ask for assisted dying, a person must meet all of the following criteria. They must be 18 years or over, You must be a citizen or permanent resident of New Zealand. You must suffer from a terminal illness which will likely end your life within six months. You must have significant and ongoing decline in physical capability. You must experience unbearable suffering that cannot be eased. And you must be able to make an informed decision about assisted dying. Now you don't qualify if this suffering is a mental disorder or mental illness. If you have a disability of any kind or if you are of advanced age or obviously under 18. And also for this decision to be made, it has to go through two different doctors, the person's doctor as well as an independent doctor who both must agree that the person meets all the criteria. And if the doctor is unsure, a psychiatrist will then be asked to assess the person. Doctors can also conscientiously object based on their own personal beliefs. No health practitioner has to help a person with assisted dying if they have conscientious objection. And if the doctor does conscientiously object, the person asking for assisted dying does have the right to ask for the name and contact details of a replacement doctor. So Rube, something that people have been asking us a lot is who can make an informed 
decision. Yeah, so that is one of the criteria to be able to make this informed decision around assisted dying. But what does it actually mean? And I think, understandably, there's been a lot of concern over the idea that somebody may be coerced into this decision or the choice is not made completely freely on their own. However, there are like some really strict provisions in this act to ensure that this is not the case. So first of all, a doctor must regularly discuss the choice with a person and make sure that the person completely understands their other options for end-of-life care. Also, that you can change your mind at any time. It's not something that you're like, oh, one day, yeah, I think I'm into this, and Mm -hmm. then you're stuck there. You can change your mind right up until the last second. And for a person to be able to make an informed decision, they have to be able to do all of the following things. So they have to understand and remember information about assistant dying. So they really have to be cognizant Mm -hmm. of their surroundings. Um, Also be able to weigh up information about assisted dying to make a really informed decision and then be able to communicate their decision in some way. It's hugely important that this is a free choice. A doctor is not allowed to suggest that a person consider assisted dying and if the doctor may think that a person is being pressured in any way, they must stop the process. So I'm going to go through the process if this bill is to pass. So first of all, the person must ask their doctor for assisted dying. Ruby, you said before that a doctor cannot suggest this on their own. So then they must determine that the person is eligible. Obviously, this goes through two different doctors. Then you select the method and timing. So if the person is eligible, they choose a method, a date, and a time for taking the medication. And then at these chosen times, the doctor or nurse must ask the person if they still choose to take the medication. If the person chooses to take it, the doctor or nurse gives it. The doctor or nurse must be available to the person until they die. And if the person changes their mind, the medication must be taken away. Another question that people have been asking and... Maybe I'll just put a content warning here to say that now we're going to be talking about the methods that do come with assisted dying. So there are four different options here. One is ingestion, which is triggered by the person. Two is intravenous delivery, which again is triggered by the person. So those first two are done by the person themselves. Three, ingestion through a tube, which is triggered by the attending doctor or nurse practitioner. And four, injection, again, administered by the attending doctor or nurse. So you can choose if you are eligible and everything's completely okay, how you want it to be done. Um, But you cannot sign an advanced directive. So you cannot decide to do this in advance say like when you get your driver's license and you are saying yes I'll be a donor or no you can't say in advance that you would like to end your life if you got a terminal illness Mm. you have to be in the situation where they've said that you have six months approximately Mm. to live and where you can still make that informed decision at that time So yes, this bill says that you cannot say that you want this in the future. It has to be done at the time in the situation. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Alrighty, so now that we kind of know a bit about the bill, let's kind of get to where Parliament stands on it. Um, 
First of all, this was introduced by ACT MP David Seymour in 2015. He entered the end of life choice bill into the ballot box and this was picked out. In Parliament, this was actually subjected to a conscious vote. So this means instead of MPs having to fall in line and vote with their party, each member could actually vote on their own personal beliefs. But in general, I'll kind of give you where everyone stood on the third and final reading of the bill in Parliament. So out of the Labour Party, 33 MPs voted in favour and 13 against. National, um, 17 voted in favour and 38 against. All of the Green Party supported the bill and voted for it. And then New Zealand First supported the bill in exchange for a referendum. And here we are today. And I also want to note that both Jacinda and Judith Collins, our two ladies fighting it out for the top spot, they both voted in favour for the act. It is actually interesting that even though this is a personal choice vote, still they kind of voted on party lines. Like National was still majority against the bill and Labour was majority for the bill. Like Mm. even though it's on personal choice, it just, it's interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. And... Out of a lot of the public polls that have been coming out, it does generally state that most of New Zealand will be voting yes in the end-of-life choice referendum. So a News Hub read research poll in February 2020 found that 61.9% planned on voting yes at this time and just 23.7% would vote no. Oh, wow. And another poll conducted by Threes, the Hui and Horizon Research in March 2020 said 72% of Māori would vote in support of the end-of-life choice bill. So overwhelmingly, it does seem like this is something that will be passed. I mean, we see this happening in other countries. This isn't the most outrageous idea. It's giving people the choice. Yeah, absolutely. And in comparison to other countries... I think, you know, places like Switzerland and the Netherlands are quite well known for it. The proposed bill here in New Zealand is quite conservative. I think where I stand on it is that I've seen people get worried um, as there's definitely this idea that it could become extremely messy and tragic if family members were pushing this on, say, a dying parent to, like, get money or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, that is awful and understandably people are going to have concerns that this might happen. I think, however, that not only does this proposed laws have pretty good provisions around it, but it's also kind of inconsiderate and unkind, if those are even the right words, for us to base our decisions purely on the worst case scenarios. It's much more important for us to vote with the people in mind that this bill is actually made for, for the people who are suffering with a terminal illness and may want to decide exactly how they're going to go. They've likely been diagnosed and have been ripped of all control of their lives and their choices and the future. And I think giving them this choice is giving them a certain amount of control back. And you're also, you're not voting on whether or not somebody's going to die. Yeah, you're purely just voting on whether or not this person has a choice. And that's what I think as well. I think when I look at this bill, I see it as just giving another choice to someone that lives in New Zealand because we have these really liberal values and freedom and things like that. Well, this is another freedom that even if we're offering it to this minute percent of people that will use it, 
they deserve to have the choice to use it. It could be us. We deserve to have the choice to use it. And like you were saying before about being stripped of all control once you get sick, and this is a little bit of control you can have. The only other form of control that you can have if you get a really horrible illness is denying treatment. And then it's a long, drawn-out process that's Mm. horrible for everyone involved. So why not give the person that's actually struggling the decision to live out the rest of their life how they want to or end it how they want to. Mm. So yes, all this information did come from the government website for the end of life choice bill referendum. So we will put in the show notes below where we got all this info. And if you guys have any thoughts about this or concerns and you want to help us get educated, I mean, we're all voting, feel free to come chat at the shit show underscore 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 or shit you should care about on Instagram. Yeah, and hopefully you guys like got some information today so you can make a really informed decision when this referendum does come up. I mean, use your voice. That is what it's there for. So come chat with us and let us know what you think. And if there's any holes in the bill that we may not have pointed out, come and inform us. Come and inform us. Come see us also at shityoushouldcareabout.com and at our Facebook group, The Shit You Should Care About Squad. Otherwise, we shall see you next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.